everybody, and welcome back to the Magic Fandom Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm General Waverly. General Waverly. Um, did you know that I'll follow you wherever you want to go? As long as you want to go opposite to the foe. <laughs> um, if you know who General Waverly is, um, it's kind of a deep cut. Not that much of a deep cut. Uh, I mean, he's like the main guy that they're doing all this for. Right, but you don't hear his name a lot. I, I don't guess so. You know what they I mean? They call him the old man a lot. Yeah. But anyway, um, if you know what we're talking about already, or if you've seen our title card, you know that this week we are talking about White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. That was beautiful. Y'all got that for free. Can you believe? Um, we're super excited to be talking about White Christmas this week. This is another installment to our Christmas series that we've been doing all month long. Um, and White Christmas is in probably, I would say, in my top three favorite Christmas movies ever. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's definitely going to be up there for me. And that's really only going to be pretty much since last year. Really? I think I've watched it more times in the past year and a month or so or whatever since Christmas uh-huh. than I have the rest of my life. <laughs> I remember watching it uh, maybe once or twice growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure my parents probably watched it more than I did because when I was younger, I wasn't you know as big a fan of classic movies as I am Sure, today. sure. Um, but this wasn't one that we watched or that I watched every Christmas. Yeah. Like, this wasn't. Well, what's funny is that my family watches it every Christmas, but I did not start watching it every Christmas until high school. Okay. Maybe. Um, because I was like you. When I was a kid, I wasn't so much for the like old classic movies, you know? Yeah. Like I always loved musicals and I think that's how my grandparents sold me on this movie that they were like, they're singing and dancing in it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like originally I was not a fan of like the quote older, you know, classic films. And so it took me a while to warm up to this one. But once I did, let me tell you, I have seen it every single Christmas since multiple times a year. I was about to say, we've seen it, (laughs) what, three times so far this Mm -hmm. year, I think? And we're gearing up for a fourth in a a week or so? Yeah, because for the last several years, my family has watched it on Christmas Eve specifically every single year. And so, yeah, we're about to watch it again on Christmas Eve. So we're going to get our fill of White Christmas for sure. It's okay. Um, it's, a, it's a, I don't know. I, I, it's a great. It's so good. It's so good. Because it's not your stereotypical, like, quote, like, this is a movie about Christmas. There's so many other things that happen. And, well, I mean, in fact, Christmas is on the back burner, really. Right. Um, I think what draws me to it more is the whole military aspect of it. Yes, the I was I was going to get your opinion on that. Um, and, and I'll definitely talk a little bit more of that as we get into it, but uh, this came out in 1954. Okay. And it wasn't rated. It wasn't rated? Nope. I guess musicals, you don't rate those because they're good for everybody. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know that there's anything in this movie that would be like unsuitable for children to watch. Absolutely. Uh, It's a family film. Let's let's talk a little bit about the cast. Yes, please. Um, Very, um, what's the word? Illustrious. Illustrious, very uh, (laughs) gifted cast. Oh, yes. Oh, Um, yes. So the four main protagonists, really, you have Bing Crosby. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know they called Frankie Old Blue Eyes, but they very well could have done this with Bing Crosby, too, because oh, yes. he has piercing blue eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and his counterpart does, too, which we'll talk about in a minute when we get to her. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, uh, he plays Bob Wallace, mm-hmm. uh, captain in the Army. Um, Shout out, Bob. Then next up, we have Danny Kay. Love him. Oh, also, if you don't know who Bing Crosby is, I mean, he was in a... A, a ton of movies in the 50s, uh, the 40s and the 50s, but, I mean, he was... A crooner. A crooner. A world-famous crooner. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, everybody knows Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. That song is iconic. Oh, yes. Um, next up, we have Danny Kaye. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he was in White Christmas. Um, let's see, what else was he? I mean, he was, again, he was another big name for the time. I won't bring up all these old classic movies that uh, he was in because I'm sure not many people know all of those. Um, but, yeah, he was a, a singer and dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Rosemary Clooney. And, yes, you heard that last name correctly. Rosemary Clooney is George Clooney's aunt. That is correct. Isn't that crazy? Um, and I can kind of see the resemblance a little bit. A little bit. It's in the uh, the eyes and the nose, For I think. Sure. For sure. Um, and then to round out the four main uh, characters in it, we have Vera Ellen. Yes, she plays Judy. We didn't say Rosemary Clooney plays Betty. Oh, that's true. Um, and I didn't. I don't think I say who uh, who Danny Kaye played. Uh, oh, he played Phil Davis. He played Phil. Yeah, good old Phil, Uncle Phil, as I like to call him. Just kidding. We have the same. We or we had the same last name. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, I was gonna say back to Rosemary Clooney for a second. Her eyes in this movie, well, just in general, but in this movie, are like sparkling on its own, like without yes. even any light. Her eyes are so beautiful. So her and Bing Crosby together is just like a knockout. Um, but yeah, Vera Ellen, um, and we'll get to like specific parts of the movie, but I love watching her dance. You can tell that she is a trained dancer and just a trained performer and entertainer in general because she knows how to captivate an audience and she knows how to captivate the camera the same way. Um, all of her dance numbers are just incredible. And and I feel like it's the same uh, caliber as Rosemary Clooney's vocal stylings are because you don't really see Rosemary Clooney dancing a lot in this. Um, no, and, but and she's got a beautiful voice. Does have a beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention who played who I am today. Yes. Uh, General <laughs> Waverly played by Dean Jagger. Jaeger. How do you spell it? J a g g e r. Jagger. Jagger, I guess. Jagger. And he's got some pretty eyes too. They've all, I mean, it's I don't know. It's everybody, something? it's the, it's the, what is it? V- Visovision or whatever. Vistavision. Vistavision. Oh, and I wrote this down in the opening credits. I did not realize this, but um, this is, uh, it was by Paramount, this movie, and it was Paramount's very first picture in Vistavision. Oh, wow. So, but I don't know what Vistavision is. It's the, it's the, I'm assuming it's the camera and the reels. That it makes everybody have beautiful it, eyes. Eyes are popping. Yes. Um, I love, I loved General Waverly's character. I think he, I don't know, he kind of brings a levity and like a seriousness to to the like kind of frivolity of the rest of the movie. Um, but I mean, that is to say like when you see him smile or when you see him get emotional, it's like even more so because he's such a like serious dude. Um, so yeah, what did you think about... The let's get into it. What did you think about the military aspect? Okay, uh, so for those who don't know, <clears throat> the film opens up. It's uh, the middle of World War Two, um, and it, the they're putting on a show. It's around Christmas time, and General Waverly, who is the general of the unit that is out, uh, that um, Wallace and Davis are a part of yes. they're putting on a show for christmas time and uh anyway the war ends uh, the general you know lee is there's a change of command so the general is retiring and they're bringing in a new general to lead them and so ultimately wallace and davis come back to the u.s they start um a song and dance show yeah that gets really really popular and they're going around um and essentially, they find out, uh, they, they follow the girls. Mm-hmm. They go meet the, the girls who are also singers and dancers and are doing a show. So they go meet them and chaos ensues and they all end up in Vermont. Yes. Uh, and um, we should say that at the beginning, the whole reason why Wallace and Davis started this whole songwriting, or not songwriting, but performing duo. Um, do you remember? It's because uh, Danny Kaye's character saves yes. Bing Crosby's character. Yes, and so he holds it over him forever and ever and ever. And um, 
the whole thing is like when one person, when one of the guys doesn't want to do something, the other guy says, well, let's just say you're doing it for an old friend in the army. Like they say it so many times. Um, because he saved him, he was like, oh, well, you do it for me. Like, would you, I saved your I life, saved your life Mom, kind of a thing. My arm's still hurting. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. kind of thing. So um, that's how they started the whole, uh, duo. And then like Dalton said, they, um, meet up with these two girls, this sister act, um. Back in the habit. <laughs> yeah. And, um. Coming soon to they, the magic fandom. They kind of join forces and they, um. Put on the, the, well, they put on not, a big old show. That's not what their plan was to begin with. No, it was not. Uh, the girls had booked a gig in Vermont. The mm-hmm. boys followed them up there, only to find out that the gig was canceled. Because um, no one's because there. Because no one's there because it didn't snow. Mm-hmm. Um, in Vermont on Christmas, which I find that very hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, anywho, they find out that the owner-operator of this uh, inn is none other than General Waverly himself. Yes. And so they take it upon themselves to essentially bring all the old unit back together. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I, I love the military aspect of, of it. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, it hits a soft spot for me. Um, and just the the whole idea of... Um, they, they paint a good picture that the general is now... That he spent his whole life in the military and, and leading people. He does not know what to do with his life. Yeah. After the fact. Yeah. Um, which is... All too real in today's world. Absolutely. I have a ton of friends, um, and myself included. I struggle with it from time to time, um, dealing with um, coming back to civilian life. Mm -hmm. Like after you've spent any amount of time in the military, Mm -hmm. uh, because things are so much different like the way you have to do things is so much different than the way people act in in the civilian world right the way you're allowed to talk and and do things and so when you get out of that out of something that you've been doing for four ten even 20 years and as a general probably even more than 20 years Mm -hmm. um it can be very hard to come back to civilian life and understand your purpose yeah and Uh, i'm sure i mean i can't i can't speak from experience at all but i'm sure that it is also frustrating to interact with civilians that just don't understand and will never understand yeah um and i think i think this film does especially it's 1954. It was, you know, not long after World War II. It was, you know, right around the Cold War uh, in Korea. Um, so I think they do a real good job painting that picture. And, um, you know, a lot of movies don't really do that nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see movies where people are like, oh, this guy, you know, how do we help this guy? Mm-hmm. And so I think they did a real good job with it. And uh, that's why it always gets to me there at the end. You know, oh, absolutely. The, the ending part, is it always gets to me because I'm like, man, they, they... Every single time. I mean, I've seen this movie 50 bajillion times. And that scene when he comes into the um, theater and, mm-hmm. at the end, and you hear the 10 hut and everybody starts clapping and you see the guys coming. I mean, it gets me every time because you see his face and he's just so touched and so moved and it's 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 really 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 beautiful and like you said you don't see um them you don't see people paying respect to soldiers and people in the military after the fact in you, movies you and media it, yeah, and stuff like that you see it veterans day uh you know memorial day right. and and things like that um but I mean, for something for something to be shown of that caliber in a musical, yes, is like is really really cool. I mean, there's I I would love to do an episode on Bandstand at some point 
because they do yeah they do yeah. a lot of yeah it's the oh, Broadway yeah, show it was, yeah it, we, um, I remember watching that they now, do a yeah. lot on PTSD in soldiers and and that what was set around the that. same it was set yes. around World War II as and well and so that would be great and so that's the only other reference that I can make um, in terms of this but like to put this in a you know a quote happy go lucky kind of musical is I mean it brings a, a certain seriousness to it and I think they do a really good job. Um, yeah, I mean, we could talk about Waverly for this whole entire time and I would be fine with it. Um, I, I just realized we though, won't that, stay that he doesn't that get depressing. Well, yeah, he doesn't get a, a, a song. Well, I, I think we could probably chalk that up to then maybe he can't sing. Maybe. maybe. Um. <laughs> I don't even think he gets a song in the stage version. Although maybe he does. I don't know. I do know that the housekeeper gets a big old song in the stage, in the stage version, version and she doesn't really sing in, in this one. But anyway. I, um, and I swore that the housekeeper was the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. We all did. West. Yes. Wicked Witch of the West. Wicked, Wicked Witch, Witch of the, of the West. East. No, 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 no. I thought it was. No, because we don't see the Wicked Witch of yes, the East. Yes, you do. Not in the movie. We see her feet. No, you see her because she's the woman that comes and tries to take Toto. No, that is this. That is supposed to be the Wicked Witch of the West. No, it's, it's the not. same actress. Yes, it is. No, it's not. How, why? How is she the Wicked Witch of the East? Because she's the one that the house dropped on. Yeah. So then, why would she be the one to take Toto? Are you talking about before Dorothy gets to Oz? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it on the Wizard of Oz episode. Because coming soon, one hundred percent. We're having a fight right now. <laughs> we're having a fight right now. I will but die anyway, on this hill. Anyway, um, Emma, who plays the housekeeper, which we didn't mention in the beginning of this, um, is another integral part of this cast. Um, and I wish I had her name in front of me. Um, but she, we all thought that she was the witch too. Mary Wicks. Okay, Mary Wicks. Shout out Mary Wicks, who was also in Sister Act. What? <gasps> Sist- Sister Mary Lazarus. She was in Sister Act and Sister Act Two. I've I see her. She has. She's got the she's long got the nose, nose, and uh, she's she like, the, like something something to our nation. She's like the um uh. What? <laughs> But she has she has that like nasally voice. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. My mind is blown right now. For real, though, we need to put that up on our board, Sister, Sister Act, Act and Sister Act 2, because I feel like those would be two good ones. That would be a really good are one. Are we turning this a musical podcast? Yes. What? Yes, we are. <laughs> um, We're not. Anyway, Don't worry, back y'all. to the movie at hand. Um, yeah, I love Emma, the housekeeper's character. She has uh, arguably one of the best quotes in uh, the whole movie. I, I do agree. Um, and let me just say really quick, because I did write it down. Uh Waverly, so this is towards the end. Um, I know we already talked about the scene where um, Waverly walks into the theater and his whole entire unit is there with their families and they're um, paying respects and paying an homage to him with this performance and blah, 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 blah. And he had no idea that any of this was happening. However, Emma um, knew. And so she had the task of getting him dressed and she wanted him dressed in his uniform. uniform. And so she took all the rest of his clothes outside or out of his closet and sent them to the to the well, dry cleaners. His two suits. He had two his suits. Two good suits. He's that's like, right. He sent all of my suits to the dry cleaners. He's yeah. Like, well, you only have the two. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so they were arguing back and forth and back and forth. And she was just nagging him like she always does. And um, Waverly says, I got along very well in the army without you. And Emma replies, it took 15,000 men to take my place. <laughs> and we just laugh every time. It's such yeah, a good line. Such a good line. Um, that's a good, it's, it's a good character for sure. Um, okay. So I know that I say this or I've said this in our last like five episodes. I'm pretty sure I say it in every single episode. But the costumes. You, you <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're obsessed with. They're just so I good. guess it's it's that era though. Yes. It's the fifties era. Yes. I'm of obsessed. Outfits forties and fifties yes. that you are obsessed with. I'm obsessed with it. Just, you were pointing out I mean, every time we watch this, you point out the outfits every single time. I'm like Every time. I'm like, 
Babe, I'm, I'm watching this with you. I, I know. You. I'm so annoying about it, too, because you'll literally be watching and I'll be like, look at the dress. Look, look at her dress. Look, look. And you're like, I'm I'm looking. I am looking. Both of my <laughs> eyes are on the television screen right now that she uh, is in the middle of. But it's so good. They're all of the costumes are so, so good. Especially, I mean, all the costumes across the board, but especially the two sisters. And I know that we could talk all day about the iconic red and white Christmas outfits at the end. Because that's what this movie is known for, is like those outfits. That's when you think of White Christmas, you think of them in those outfits. But throughout the entire rest of the movie, I mean, I want all of those outfits in my closet. Particularly, I don't know if there are any like hardcore White Christmas fans in this audience right now that can like, that know exactly which costumes I'm talking about. But if they are, I'm I'm speaking directly to you right now. So my favorite of Judy's, because Ju- they both have really, really great outfits. But my favorite of Judy's is the outfit that she wears um, towards the end. For and 45 seconds. Yes, literally 45 seconds. It's a black and white checkerboard um, skirt that's like cinched at the waist and then comes out into the A-line. And she's got like a petticoat underneath. So it's all fluffy and cute. And then she's got like a red belt that cinches her waist and a white kind of turtleneck type thing. And it is the cutest outfit I've ever seen in my entire life. And I want it. So that's my favorite one of hers. And then my favorite one of Betty's is the dress that she wears to the cast party. Um, it again, towards the end, kind of in that same ish scene or uh, close to that scene. And it's this like dark forest green, um, short sleeved, like, poofy dress and it's got um these two like lines across her chest that are like strings that kind of make an x and it is the most beautiful dress ever i'm obsessed with both of those outfits also runners up this could again also be a costume podcast but i won't talk too much about it i promise also the dress that judy wears at the beginning for the best things happen while you're dancing the pink one that's like swirly twirly love that one as well so I just want all of them in my closet. I'm just obsessed with all of them. And that is my TED Talk about the costume. This has been Alyssa's Costume Corner. <laughs> Ooh, I love that segment. <gasps> Alyssa's Costume Corner. Yep, it's happening now. It is happening. Um, Let's delve into some of the uh, music and dancing involved with this. Yes, please. Uh, what was your favorite song? Okay, so I have broken this down because I was going to ask you the same thing. I have broken this down into my favorite song and then my favorite musical number. Okay. Does that make sense? So, like, song-wise is, like, a song I could just listen to and, like, okay. really, really, like, and the musical, musical number is, like, and, and the production. Yes, got right? it. So. Which, speaking on the production of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I love these styles of movies, these mm-hmm. old movies like this, because you can obviously tell that everything is done on a soundstage. Yes. Like, they just build <laughs> everything on a soundstage. Yeah, and it's amazing. And you, and you know it's fake, and you know it looks fake, mm-hmm. but I love it. It's perfect. I love it. it. Honestly, it's it kind of lends itself to the whole stage musical era it's as if we are watching a stage production yeah because there's a set and there's a backdrop and all of that stuff yeah that's that i agree with that um so my favorite song aside from the movie um other than of course the titular song white christmas obviously um my favorite song is count your blessings which is um the lullaby oh yes yes so uh Toward, ah, this kind of towards the middle when um, Betty and Bob are not super duper fond of each other yet. They're kind of flirting, but they're kind of, you know, going back and forth. Um, but there is one evening where Bob is plucking away um, at the piano, staying up late, and Betty cannot sleep. So she goes into the inn um, for, I don't know, a glass of milk or something to help her sleep. And so she comes across Bob. And Bob um, helps her to go to sleep by singing her this song called Count Your Blessings. And the whole premise is um, you count your blessings instead of counting sheep. And then you. Oh, yes. Was this this was when they're in the they're like having a midnight snack. Yes. I actually have a fun fact about this. this, That whole scene, not the song, but the scene. I love that. I'm excited to hear it. But yeah. So Count Your Blessings has always been one of my favorite 
songs just because it's beautiful. Um, and I told Dalton while we were watching it the other night, like I'm excited to sing this song to our kids while they're going to sleep. Cause it's just like, it's a beautifully written song. Um, and I just think it's really, really pretty. Oh, we should have said at the beginning of this, all of these songs were written by Irving Berlin. Yes. Irving Berlin. Um, classic musical composer. And so, yeah, Count Your Blessings is up there for one of my favorite songs. Now, my favorite musical number. Let me make sure. Yes. Okay. So I did say song-wise, it's either Count Your Blessings or Follow the Old Man. Song-wise. Okay. Okay. And then dance-wise, musical numbers is a tie between the best things happen when you're dancing. Because um, comparatively, that's one of the only dance numbers that you just see two people. Yeah, that's the rest Danny of the dance, Kay and Vera L- Yeah, Island. and then the rest of the dance numbers is all like big groups of people. Yes. And so best things happen when you're dancing is so, I mean, just the intricate choreography and then going up on the different levels and spinning around the pole. Like just the the production value of that. You heard that. that right, people. Pole dancing. <laughs> yep, there's pole dancing at White Christmas. Um, maybe not the kind that you're thinking. Um, but just, and the choreography, and like I said, the costumes. I mean, I know I can't really speak to the guys' costumes because they're not as elaborate as the girls' costumes, especially of this time. I think classic. But, yeah, you know, suits. It's classic. Like back in the day where men wore suits. Yes. Like the, well, I was going to say, during this number, I thought it was really interesting and kind of a cool um, choice that Danny Kaye's suit perfectly matched his shoes. Did you notice this? They're all kind of like a powder blue. You just asked the colorblind guy. I'm sorry. If he thought that <laughs> sorry. the guy's clothes match. <laughs> but like, it's like a powder blue kind of a suit and his shoes perfectly matched the rest of his outfit. And so when you were, because usually, I mean, guys wear like black shoes with a lot of the, of the stuff, but like. They match the belt. Yeah. But like his shoes were this like really, uh. I don't know. Yeah, like a powder blue. And so watching his feet dance, it was like it made things more interesting. But anyway, that is probably my favorite musical number. And it, again, is tied with Mandy. Do you remember that one? Mandy, there's That's, a minister. Uh, oh, no, I was thinking uh, mm-hmm. Mandy by, um, what's that fella's name? Barry Manilow. Yeah, definitely a different Mandy. Um, this one is that big. It's probably the first big dance number oh, that we see. Yes, when yes, they're yes, rehearsing with the, with the steps. Yes, and, and she it. like yeah. flips down yes. the steps, and everybody's Does in the red. Big splits thing. Yes. Um, so it's a tie between those two. Very different musical numbers, but I love them both. So, what are your favorite songs? Um, Why Christmas? Okay. Um, song wise and scene wise. Just song wise. That's okay. the favorite song. I mean that's. That's the tight title song. Yeah, like that's yeah, and Bing Crosby doing it kills it. Yeah, beautiful, and uh, he sings it twice. Sings it twice. He sings and it. This is actually the third movie that Bing Crosby is, did that he sang White Christmas in. There you go. The other two were uh, Holiday Inn in 1942 yes. and Blue Skies in 1946. Yes. Yep. Um, but so this was actually the third movie that he sang the song in. Um, yeah, really, White Christmas. I like all the other songs too. Uh, we'll follow the old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one. That one gets in your um, head for sure. Oh, snow. Yes. Yes. Why that's, didn't I say snow? That's, that's always a fun one to sing. That is a great one. And I love that scene too, yes, because it's, a it's great like scene them on the train. Yeah. On the train. Super excited. And then the ultimate irony is them getting to Vermont and it being sunny and there being no snow. So that was the whole like lead up was really funny. Um, but I love that song. All the songs in this are so good. I don't even think there's one that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, now, one song slash dance number that I love mm-hmm. is, uh, I can't think of the name, the modern dance one. Choreography is the name oh, of the, the song. Oh, the choreography is the name of the song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I love that they are just... Making fun of it. Trashing it. <laughs> Even back then, and what did you say, 1955? 1954. Four. Even back then, they are trashing the idea of contemporary and modern dance. Spastic movements to music <laughs> is not dance. 
And I do love, because obviously the lyrics tell that story, but I do love the story that they're telling through the movement of like, one group is like in weird hair and very monochromed costumes, flailing their arms around, looking crazy. And then Vera Ellen and the dance captain, and I don't know, I don't even know if he has a name, um, but those two are in like sparkly, you know, like outfits of the time twirling around them doing the actual, actual classic choreography good choreography yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah oh i just feel the music well you know what i feel i feel nauseous watching <laughs> it is i will say it is more fun to watch the classic type of dance which is the like quote musical theater type of dance that's like you know a a, a type of dance that has a name not something they just call contemporary or modern or modern yeah. you know that's just you not being good at actually dancing and <laughs> wanting to be a dancer okay that's subjective. hot takes this has been hot takes this with, has been with hot takes with dalton you know we're coming up with new segments every time and hot takes i think is gonna stick for sure because he has already been giving us his hot takes even before we've called it a segment so you don't have to ask yeah exactly I'll give it anyway <laughs> Um, but I do, yeah, I do really, really enjoy that number. Um, another fun fact, uh, I know we already talked about the cast. Oh, let me pull up his name so that I um, can accurately give him a shout out. Oh, you're talking about uh, somebody that was in another film that yes. is very popular and yes, maybe yes, just yes. a remake? Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Um, Brassia? So um, his real name. Something Brassia? In real life? Yeah. No. No. In uh in real life his he goes by the name of George Shakiris Shakiris C H A K I R I S. Um he was the original Bernardo in the West Side Story film. Um the first West Side Story film because I know Steven Spielberg's West Side Story just came out this past weekend and I'm so excited to see it and I'm freaking out. But anyway, um, this man, George, played Bernardo in West Side Story, the original movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was around the same time as this movie came out because he looks exactly the same. Um. Because didn't West Side Story come out in the 50s? Hang on. Uh, 61. 61. Okay. Well, anyway, they look, he, he looks very much the same. He is one of the lead dancers in White Christmas. And he is featured in a bunch of different dance numbers. And you're like, ah. Well, that's Bernardo. And it's really amazing because... I mean, I wasn't. You were. I was. But I, I thought it was just some dude dancing. Well, I, so. it was Bernardo. And you know, because if you've seen the original West Side Story, you know that he's a fantastic dancer. And so the fact that he got hired to dance in White Christmas is awesome. I don't know that there's a person in it that danced that wasn't a fantastic dancer. I mean, this was... In West Side Story? In, no, 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 no. In White Christmas. White Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody was a fantastic so dancer. So good. So good. All the, like, ensemble numbers are just so good. And, like, I mean, I know back in this day, it it was almost a requirement for all of the Hollywood actors to also be able to sing and oh, dance. Oh, yes. I mean, that was... That was a triple threat. Yeah. Sing, dance, and act. Yeah. And back then... Uh, you had to be able, to, had do to, be able to do all three. You had to be able to do all three. Because people were harder to please back then. Um, you had to have some substance to your films. Right. For sure. Uh, as opposed to just remaking the same six movies over and over again. For sure. Exactly. Um, okay. So I know that I've given a lot of props to the ladies in this movie because I love them. Um, but if I could talk a little bit about Bob and Phil for a minute, of course, their chemistry together. Oh my gosh. is so good. And then just the fact that like, cause obviously like in terms of this opposites attract in that, like, like for example, Betty and Judy are completely different characters. Betty is like serious and reserved and, you know, shy and Judy's like wants to be a star. And it's the same thing with Bob and Phil. Phil is this like goofy you know, silly comedic guy. And Bob is this serious like singer slash crooner. That's like, no, I don't want to be a double act. I'm a singer. Like I'm not going to perform whatever, but them together is just so good. Danny Kay's scene, um, at, uh, towards the kind of middle of the movie where he hurt his, hurts his leg, quote unquote. And it's just like playing with it hurt. Uh huh. His physical acting during that part is like, 
Chef's kiss it's to me. So it's so good. It's huge. so good. It's so good. I was just. I love it. How he like is holding his leg and doing everything and like just over exaggerating. Oh it's yes. Just, it's just wonderful. Yes. He's so good. He reminds me of, um, I wish. Okay. I'm going to look it up really quick because people are going to yell at me. Um, so singing in the rain, another classic That's, movie, uh, Donald O'Connor from singing in the rain. Um, I thought that was Gene Kelly. Oh yeah, was in Singing in the Rain. Donald O'Connor plays his counterpart. Oh, okay, so it's like Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. This got is it. Gene got Kelly it. and Donald O'Connor. Uh, Danny Kaye reminds me of Donald O'Connor in that they are both so good at physical comedy. Like Donald O'Connor's number in Singing in the Rain, um, make them laugh, make them laugh. Yes, that yes. iconic scene where he's like running into stuff and and ducking and dancing, whatever, um, on the soundstage is. Reminds me a lot of Danny Kaye in this movie, like super physical comedy. That thing that you brought up with his leg is hilarious because he the whole premise is that they're trying to get General Waverly away from the television. Yes, because uh, Bing Crosby's character is going on the Ed Harrison show. Yes. Um, to try to reach as many of the boys um, that they served with in the army mm-hmm. at one time. To surprise um, the general. But... As it was in the time that Harrison so was very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you know, General Way really wanted to watch it. So. Yes. So they had to get him away from the TV somehow. So they decided that Phil was going to fall down the stairs, the sta- the I think. The stairs, yeah. And hurt his leg. And so the general had to, like, <laughs> Phil kept saying stuff like, it's okay, just just walk me around the barn for a little while. <laughs> they were just, like, walking in circles. And his, I mean, the way that, he carries himself is just so funny. He's just, he's really, really, really good. And like I said, his comedy um, up next to Bing Crosby's kind of seriousness. Straight man. Totally, exactly. Totally works. And their chemistry from the jump is just amazing. Because you can tell that they have that kind of repartee of these two guys who've known each other for so long. They've, you know, served in the military together. Yes. And now they're figuring out civilian life and they're performing and all of that stuff. And they... They play off of each other really well. They got it figured out, man. They they hopped right in and started making money. 100%. 100%. Let me see. I had another note. Oh, no. We already talked about favorite songs. Yeah, you told me your favorite songs and stuff. Um, um, there, I got I got some more fun facts. I was I gonna say, did go? Let's go back to that fun fact you said about the um, lullaby song. Uh, yeah, so the lullaby song, that whole midnight snack scene where they're yeah. talking about going and getting sandwiches to try to fall asleep. Uh, according to Rosemary Clooney, uh, she says this that scene in which Bob Wallace expounds on his theory of what foods cause people to dream. Yes, um, was almost entirely improvised by Bing Crosby. Really. Yeah. That's cool. So he just uh, knew that stuff. Or, I mean, doesn't necessarily know. He, he It was a theory. Oh, all right. He was just speculating. Making it up. Okay. Um, also, according to Rosemary Clooney, and how we haven't talked about this yet, I'm not sure, but there is an iconic scene. Um, so the girls' only song that they know, period. <laughs> Ever. Uh, <laughs> is this song called Sisters. Sisters. Uh, Sisters. There were never such devoted sisters. Uh, right. Uh, you wear the dress, I'll stay home. Exactly. Uh, yes. Um, so there's a, well, there's multiple reprises of this song. There um, is. But there is one that is iconic, mm-hmm. and that is when old Bob Wallace and Danny K or uh, Bing Crosby and Danny Kay uh, are trying to help the girls escape. From their landlord. From their landlord. Mm-hmm. Um, and they perform this song in not their entire wardrobe, but uh, with the feathers, with the and, feathers the and the headpieces and their leg or their uh, shirt or not shirt, uh, pants legs rolled up a little yeah. bit. Um, according to Rosemary Clooney, this performance was not originally in the script. What? Uh, they were clowning around on set. And the director thought that it was so funny that he decided to film it. Uh, in the scene, Crosby's laughs are genuine. I knew it! And unscripted, as he was unable to hold a straight face due to Kay's comedic dancing. I knew it. Uh, Rosemary Clooney said that the filmmakers had two takes, uh, one in which Crosby didn't laugh, 
And they ran both of them, and people liked him laughing better. Yeah, and so obviously. that's the version that they used. So See, and I'm so glad they used that version. It was just being spontaneous and goofing around. Yes. And it's... It's the best. Clear, it's one of the more iconic scenes in this film. It's so, so good. And I knew it. Every every single time I watch that number and I see the two of them laughing together, he, I mean, Bing laughs throughout the whole song. But then at the very end, when they hit that final pose, mm-hmm. um, comes between me and my man, and they pose, and the two of them burst into laughter, I was like, "That's there's no way that they're acting. They're totally laughing at each other in real life. And I love getting that fun fact because that makes total sense to me now. That's awesome. Yeah, that was just genuine in the moment, just hilarity. That is so cool. Um, uh, there's there's a lot of fun facts about this movie that I've found. So okay, uh, no, I love in. them. We'll just we'll rapid fire a few of these. Well, no, these are good because when we watch this movie again in two weeks, we will have, have all of this all knowledge. Of these, yes. Yeah. Um. So Dean Jagger, Jagger, um, Waverly. General Waverly. Mm-hmm. Even though he was made out to be the old man. Hmm. Bing Crosby was actually six months older than him. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, For the song, Gee, I Wish I Was Back in the Army. Yes. There's a line that says, Jolson, Hope, and Benny all for free. And that's talking about um, wartime performers, Bob Hope, uh, Al Jolson, and Jack Benny, who were famous for doing USO tours and going and seeing the boys overseas and doing shows. Right, The original words to that song were Crosby, Hope, and Jolson all for free. What? But the lyric was changed because Bing Crosby got the role and it would have broken the fourth wall because he would have been talking about himself. That is funny. And so they, they changed it to Al Jolson. It would have been kind of funny to keep that, that in. Been funny. I feel yeah. like in, if it was made today... They would have. They would have. And Bing Crosby's character would have been played by Ryan Reynolds and he would have looked at the camera and winked. Yeah, like, that's what <laughs> yeah would have happened. exactly. That's what would have happened. Wait, can we pause here and speculate? If they were to ma- remake White Christmas, I know you'd hate it. Yeah. But I don't even know if I want to have this conversation. <laughs> but they're, I mean, they're all about the remakes these days. If they were to make it with the exact same script, the same songs, the same choreography, who would you want to play? Interesting. The leads. Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't think I could think of something off the top of my head, because um, I don't know. I don't know about like singing ability. Right. So I have some ideas, but I'm like, well, then again, does she sing? Does he sing? I don't. I don't know. This is the first name that came into my brain, and I don't know that I'm going to agree with myself tomorrow. But right now, in this moment, Eddie Redmayne as. Danny Kay. As Danny Kay. That would be spot on. I right? Think. I think because that would he's, be spot Because you know on. he could sing because he was in Les Mis. He was, he's a little scrawny. Uh-huh. And, and he's, he, tall. he's tall. He's goofy. 100% I think that's a great choice. Thank you. 100%. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think of like dancers. And yeah. I don't know about... Because... Uh, was it Vera Allen? Yeah. Is, Judy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was is such a powerful dancer. Yeah. I can't think of uh an actress today that also that, has that ability. That could be that powerful a dancer and also sing and be able to act. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to come back to that. Cuz I was originally that. thinking Cara Delevingne as Judy? As Judy. But then I'm like, I don't know if she can dance like that. Yeah, I mean, she's a model, but she's I don't know that she has she doesn't have dancing ability like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I don't think that would be a good choice yeah. because. So I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. That, that may be something we think about and we may tell you all our choices next week. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll ruminate on it for a little bit. But anyway, back to your fun facts. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, the Vista Vision. Yes. It was the first film in Vista Vision, which uh, was a radical departure from other widescreen formats. It did not extend the width of the screen as much as it raised the height, which resulted in a clearer image. Okay. So that's why all the colors pop. It's yep. because it was so... They didn't, Clear. They didn't, um, quote, essentially blow up the image. Right. Um, yeah, that's cool. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, oh, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney has a lot of these. I was going to uh, say, apparently she did done, an interview. I guess she's done more interviews about it than anybody yeah. else. Um, apparently she once quipped during an interview that uh, it was a near-perfect movie if they could have only have dubbed her dancing. Aww. So apparently she didn't feel like she was the greatest of dancers. Well, I mean, looking back, she didn't really dance that much. The, the biggest say, yeah. thing that she was in was Mandy, and she held the tambourine. Like, that was it. <laughs> um... Many of Bob Wallace's more unusual turn of phrases okay. was straight from Bing Crosby's own speech patterns. It's just really? how he talked normally. <laughs> he had these weird little sayings that he said. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm not surprised. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. There. Uh, oh, you mentioned uh, George Chakaris. Mm-hmm. Um as Bernardo and West Side Story. Yerp. Uh, ooh, Vera Ellen's singing voice was dubbed. <gasps> In this movie? Yes. Uh, m- numerous sources mistakenly attribute Rosemary Clooney singing Vera Ellen's part in Sisters, uh, but it was actually Trudy Stevens. Um, in all of her songs, uh, Sisters, Snow, and White Christmas Finale. I was going to say, looking back, Judy doesn't sing all that much. She sings Sisters. Yes. And she sings in snow, but her only solo in snow is How I'm Longing to Ski. That's the only thing she sings. Yes. And then White Christmas, she sings with everybody else. (gasps) Mm -hmm. So literally, Betty is the singer and Judy is the the dancer dancer, and they don't really overlap. That's interesting. That is interesting. It was 1954's most successful film. I I don't doubt it. It's a good one. Uh, the second most successful film, The Kane Mutiny, which featured Rosemary Clooney's husband. Well, there Jose you go. Jose Ferrer. Talk about a power couple dominating right. that year. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, those were, uh, those were some good... Uh, I know, I love all of those. What do we call those? Fun facts? Fun facts. Just completely blanked on fun <laughs> facts. That's crazy. No, those were really, really good. There's um, a lot more that I'm seeing, um, but they are... Uh, I guess essentially, um, like little stories. They're like I see. a couple of paragraphs. Yeah, 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 fact, yeah. So, No, these are the uh, ones that you shared were good. Yeah, they were really um, good. Where do we watch this? We watch this on. We watch this on Netflix. Netflix, yes. So it's on Netflix. probably the easiest <laughs> we've had in the last few weeks. I was like, this is just on Netflix. It's great. Um, yeah, definitely give it a watch if you haven't already. It's um, an iconic Christmas movie. Yes. It is fun for the whole family. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it is uh, great Christmas time film. I mean, it's, it's so just, good. you can't watch it and not have a smile on your face and 100%. sing along with the songs that, uh, yes. you know, and, and, it's and just, so it's funny. We're, we're spending Christmas with my family this year and I asked Dalton, I was like, Okay, we have to watch White Christmas for the podcast, but my family also watches White Christmas every Christmas Eve. Like, are you going to be sick of it? And Dalton was like, no. Like, I'm really excited to watch it again. Well, it's because I didn't (laughs) watch it every year. Right. That's true. up until the time when when we watched it last year, Mm -hmm. that was probably the first time I'd seen White Christmas in a decade or more. Yeah. So it's still, you're still finding new things. Yeah, I still find new things watching it. For sure. Um, well, let's segue into some trivia, shall we? Let's do it. I'm very excited for this because as I've said at the beginning, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Did we, have we discussed our favorite Christmas movies? Do we mention this in the first Christmas pod that we did? Um, I don't think so. Because you said so. this is in your top three and I'm trying to think of what your other two are. Um, probably Elf and... What would be my third? Um, probably the Santa Claus. Huh? That's a classic. Yeah. What about you? Top three. Elf, Santa Claus. Definitely up there. Um, Home Alone, maybe? Home Alone is probably up there. Um, there, what? Well, I remember there was a movie on like ABC Family, I think. Mm-hmm. It was called like Christmas Every Day, and it was like Groundhog's Day. But it was Christmas. But it was <gasps> it was a kid getting trapped in Christmas, and he I had remember to, that. 
And I used to love watching that. I do yeah. not remember it now. I could not tell you who was in it. Couldn't tell you what the lesson that the kid learned was. But I, I do remember watching that quite often. I, I definitely remember that. I definitely remember that. That's funny. Um, okay. Anyways, back to White Christmas, the movie at hand. Um, here is how trivia is going to work. I have, um, there are seven questions in each of these sections, and I did not even do that on purpose. But the first section is just regular trivia. And then we have quote trivia. And it's a little bit different this week because you're going to have to tell me who said it. And then for bonus, who they were talking to. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. And then we're going to round it out with our third section, which is, of course, finish the lyrics. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, Section number one, regular trivia. Question one. Please name the four main characters of this movie, first and last names. We've said it a bunch already. Oh, that was the question. Yes. Okay. I was, okay. <laughs> Bob Wallace. Mm-hmm. Phil Davis. Mm-hmm. Judy and... Crap. Uh, last name's Haynes, right? Yes. Good job. Judy and... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Judy and oh. Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> yeah, Judy and Rosemary Clooney. Uh, Claire? No. Do you want me to give you the first letter? Yeah. B. Betty. Good job. Betty. Good job. All right. Question number two. How do Bob and Phil first hear about the Haynes sisters? Uh, that would be... Uh, a letter from their old buddy in the army. Who is? Uh, like, who is he in relation to the sisters? Oh, it's the sister's brother, but he didn't actually write anything. It was actually it was actually Judy that wrote there it. There you go. Good job. Because Judy wants fame and fortune. And From Rudolph. And fame she... and fortune. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Was that from Rudolph? I don't think that was from Rudolph. What's that from? That's from know. another one of those claymations, I think. Maybe. Fame and fortune? Maybe. I don't know. I'm maybe making things um, up. Um... Okay, number three. What is Susan Waverly's relationship to the general? Susan Waverly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, I don't remember a Susan. No, that was his <laughs> granddaughter. Very good. Good job. Which never mention Her? Her parents. She just yeah. lives with her grandfather? Like, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah, and her parents, seemingly her parents didn't even show up at the end. No. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe her parents are no longer with us, and maybe she just lives with her grandfather. Maybe that's it. Maybe we need a Susan Waverly spinoff. I mean, we don't, but... (laughs) I mean, we don't. We're good. (laughs) Um, Okay, good job. Number four. What is the name of the show that Bob and Phil are touring with? You literally asked me this, uh yesterday i think yeah two days ago just to warn you just to warn me yeah all that something something all no something something two two something no you're kind of in the right it's three words it's two words two words yeah back again no add it again that's three words no you're you've got the this the right kind of vibe though like it's like a it's like a phrase sort of yeah. Um, it's called playing around. Playing around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Number five. In which state is the inn? I believe we've mentioned this a couple times. The state of syrup? <laughs> Vermont? Vermont. Don't, don't they have syrup in Vermont? Oh, I don't know. Don't but yes, Vermont is correct. Um, okay. Number six. Please put the following songs... In chronological order. Oh, gosh. Okay. Count your blessings. Sisters. The best things happen while you're dancing. Okay. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Sisters. Best things happen while you're dancing. What was the third one? Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Good job. Oh, I thought that was the police coming to get me because I (laughs) got them all wrong. No, you got them correct. Good job. Nailed it. Um, okay, last question of this section. Please name two 
of the songs sung at the final performance of this movie, not including the title number. Uh, wish I was back in the army. Good job. Uh, we'll follow the old man. Good job. Very good. Boom. Boom. You, I feel like you nailed all of those. You did. You nailed all of them. Um, oh, except the name of the show. That was the only one you missed. White Christmas. <laughs> you told White me Christmas. I couldn't say that one, so I didn't no, miss no, no, it. No, 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 Name of the playing around. Name of the show that they're touring with. That's the one you missed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Section two. This is a quote section. And like I said, you're going to have to tell me who said it and who they are talking to. Question number one. Or quote number one, I should say. I want you to get married. I want you to have nine children. And if you only spend five minutes a day with each kid, that's 45 minutes. And I'd at least have time to go out and get a massage or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a, that's a starting off easy, I feel. Yes. That's uh, Danny Kay talking to Bing Crosby. Correct. Or Phil, Phil talking to, to Bob. Yes, good job. Number two. You didn't expect me to come down in my bathrobe, did you? Huh. Come down. I can give you a little bit of context if you need it. I'm going to say that's Bob Wallace. And... Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's General Waverly talking to... Either his granddaughter, I think it's his granddaughter. Good job. Uh, you nailed it. Yeah. I thought for a second it was Bing talking to uh, Judy. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Betty. In Betty. The, in the midnight snack scene. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. But then I remembered. Yeah. General Waverly says it at the end after uh, he finds out that all his... Reluctantly gets into his uh, army uniform. Yes. You didn't expect me to come down in my bathroom, did you? Um, Good job. Okay, number three. I don't know what you see in this tall drink of charged water, but after you get to know him, he's almost endurable. Uh, I do believe that is Bob Wallace talking to Danny Kay. Or no, talking to... Vera Ellen. Good job. Judy. Judy. Yep. Good job. Danny Kay's there, though. They're all four yeah. standing next to He's talking him. about Danny Kay. It's behind the tree, right? Uh, I get. I think. It's behind the tree at the end of the movie. Yeah, I think so. When they're standing behind the Christmas tree. Okay. Number four. Uh, this may or may not be a trick question. Vermont should be beautiful this time of year. All that snow. I say trick question because multiple people say it. But who was the first person to say it? Danny Kay. No. He does say it. He You're does correct. Say it. Yeah. Uh, this person is talking to Danny Kay. Uh, is it like the owner of that club? That no, it's a it's a oh, character. It's one of the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Rosemary Clooney. No, it's Judy. Okay. Vera Allen. Um, So what happens is it's the beginning um, where Judy is dancing with Phil for the first time. And Phil is very nervous and he's like stuttering over his words and stuff like that. And so um, Judy says, oh, no, uh, we're booked for the holidays. We're going up to Vermont. And she said, Vermont should be beautiful this time of year. All that snow. And Phil can't think of anything to say. And he goes, uh, uh, you know, Vermont should be beautiful this time of year. All that snow. And Judy was like, I, I just said that. <laughs> okay. And so that they say it a, a bunch of times. Um, but Judy is the first one to say it. Okay. Number five. What is this? The best two out of three? Ooh. What is this? The best two out of three? Hmm. I'm drawing a blank. Okay, if you're drawing a blank, process of elimination, who hasn't said anything yet? Uh, Rosemary Clooney? Mm-hmm. To Bob Wallace? No. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm so doing... Rosemary Clooney's character, Betty, says it right at the end of The Best Things Happen When You're Dancing. Okay. Because Judy and Phil are out on the veranda and they just finished their amazing, uh, incredible dance number. And Vera Ellen is like upside down over Danny Kaye's leg. Leg. Um, in that like final pose. And they're still in that final pose. And Rosemary Clooney comes out and says, what is this? Best two out of three? Because I think they said earlier that like, they were going to fight or something that they wouldn't get along, that they would fight all the time. And so she comes uh, out and she's like, what best two out of three. Okay. Cause clearly they're getting along. Yes. Um, okay. Number six. Um, I left a word out of this quote because it would have given it away. Like any good respectable blank. I listened in on the other phone. Housekeeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that would be, uh, the housekeeper. Yes. Talking to, I think both Danny Kay and Bob Wallace Correct. are yeah, both yeah. standing right mm-hmm. there. Yep. Like any good respectable housekeeper, I listened in on the other phone. <laughs> Just love her. I love her so much. Um, yeah, good job. And she speaks so quickly. She does. Like she's always like she speaks like she's in a rush. Yes. And that's what. And the, makes and it her character, funnier. it totally makes sense that she yes. would be that way. Um, okay, last question in this section. Last quote. I got along fine in the army without you. Which we already talked about. Yeah, that was General Waverly to the housekeeper. Yeah, to Emma. Took 15,000 men to take my place. All right, here we go. Last section. Finish the lyrics. It is not only uh, the song White Christmas. So, sorry about it. Okay. It is multiple songs. Okay. Um, So, some of these, I'm just looking for one word. Some of them, I'm looking for a few words. So, I'll help you out if you need it. Number one, starting off easy. Where the treetops blank. Do you want me to stop and so that you can fill in the blank? Listen. And children. Listen. To hear. Sleepers in the snow. Nailed it. Nailed it. Good job. Number two. <clears throat> because we love him, we love him, especially when blank. I can sing it if you want. Because we love him. We love him. Especially when he keeps us keeps us on. It's not on our toes. It's like Think about how it rhymes. Because you know the end. Cause it on- ends keeps us on the go oh so close so close okay well so i'll I'll help you the end is like because we love him we love him especially when mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we answer duty's call yes on the ball good job especially when he keeps us on the ball good job um okay number three when a certain gentleman arrived from rome she wore the dress and I stayed home. Good job! I'm so proud of you right now. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, number four. Snow. Where it's snowing all winter through. That's where I want to be. Blank throwing. That's what I'll do. How I'm longing to blank. Snowball throwing? Yes. Yes. Snowball throwing, that's what I'll do. How I'm longing to... Ski! <laughs> yes, good job. Through the snow. Good job. Um, okay, number five. When I'm worried and I can't sleep... Blank. When I'm I make worried... A <laughs> no. And I can't sleep... I think of... What's the name of the song? I... Count to... I count... My blessings instead of sheep. Good job. Good job. I was like, that's the midnight snack scene. They're talking about eating sandwiches. (laughs) I love that you're like, when I'm worried and I can't sleep, I'll make a sandwich. (laughs) And go back to sleep. Uh, it's because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm also hungry. I'm very hungry. Okay, we're almost done. Number six. G. 
I gotta sing it. Sorry. I wish I was back in the <laughs> yes. army. Gee, I wish I was back in the army. The army wasn't really bad at all. Three blank a day. Meals a day. Uh-huh. For which you didn't pay. Good. Uniforms, Uniforms for, for winter, spring, and fall. Good job! High five. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, okay, last one. And we're going to round it out and finish strong, obviously. With every Christmas card I write, may your days be merry and bright. And may all your Hanukkahs, (laughs) Christmases be wise. Good job. You nailed it. Good work. Good work. Well, guys, that is the end of our discussion on White Christmas. We hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. And we hope you guys are singing along in your cars or wherever you're listening to us right now. Um, Remember, it's on Netflix. Go check it out before uh, the end of this holiday season. Please do. Um, Watch it with us on Christmas Eve because that's what we'll be doing on Christmas Eve. We'll Um, live Instagram it. Yes, that would be fun. That would be very fun. Um... So now comes the very exciting announcement about next week's episode. So next week's episode is actually going to be our, let's see. Christmas yeah, I, technically our Christmas episode because it comes out on the 21st. It comes out the week of. Um, and we are very excited for this one. Would you like to announce? It is. Elf. I was going to say, are you going to um, lead up? for a dramatic effect. Like we said, this is both of our favorite movies. I love Smiling. Smiling's my favorite. (laughs) I love Smiling. Smiling's my favorite. So quotable. So good. Another one that we watch every Christmas. Hey, bunny. Hope Hope you find find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. (laughs) It's just so good. I I love this movie so much. And like Dalton said, it's his, what, number one favorite, right? Probably. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so we're really, really excited to talk about that next week and get into the insane cast and the scenes and all of the funny quotes. And, and we'll be discussing its uh, relevance to the movie Step Brothers and how it all ties together. Really? Yeah, here we go. It's going to be a wild ride next week. I guess so. I was going to say, I thought we were going to tie its relevance back to the Rankin and Bass Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because that's basically what the style was based on we'll we'll talk about that as well yeah um so we're super excited come on back for that next week in the meantime you guys follow us on instagram at the magic fandom podcast i always post some extra behind the scenes facts on there and uh send us an email over at a magic fandom pod at gmail.com uh we forgot about asking about trivia questions this week I didn't get um, I don't know if you checked the email but I didn't get any trivia on the Instagram the email. I'm terrible at checking the email maybe you should be in charge maybe of I should email. be in charge of the email um, <laughs> so if you have any uh, stump Dalton trivia questions for elf next week ooh this uh, y'all this would be a good week to send in these trivia questions for elf because this is Dalton's favorite Christmas movie so if y'all want to send in some hard I mean questions, you don't have to do that. Don't ask me like how many string or how many eyelets does Buddy's sneakers have in the one scene he wears sneakers. Like, yeah, don't ask no, me no, 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 crazy no. stuff. But like definitely, that. definitely try to stump him. I would love to get some of your um, trivia questions. Maybe send them over to the Instagram to make sure that it is that yes, they are read. That might be better. Yeah, but um, we shall see. In the meantime, y'all have a great rest of your week. Happy holidays. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye now, y'all. Bye.